Curtis had already shipped packages to two siblings and their families, presented gifts to the department secretaries, and today he bought earrings, cologne, and a cowboy hat for his mother. The earrings were small sapphire studs in gold filigree. Sapphires were his mother's birthstone. I couldn't imagine either giving or receiving a Christmas gift that expensive. He replied, We can leave if you like. I do like, but I can stand it if you need more time. No, that's all right. We should probably think about getting dinner anyway. Great idea. There's a Mexican place right up the street. There's a Mexican place here in the mall, if that's what you want. I need to get out of the mall. My claustrophobia is beginning to act up. Okay. Do you mind dropping the packages off at my place first? You could lock them in the trunk. I could, but I'd rather lock them in the apartment. I wanted to tell Curtis that he'd lived too long in Southern California, but truthfully, he was right. Reno had changed over the years, becoming less Western and more urban, with bigger neighborhoods, but fewer neighborhoods, to the point where it was reminding me more and more of the old Las Vegas, before that city morphed into Disneyland's evil twin. Maintaining law and order in Reno was never as easy as people like to believe. Any casual reading of history is a reminder that the good old days were raw and uncivilized. Still, crime seemed to become more prevalent as the population exploded, and the income polarization that had always characterized the city became more pronounced. The packages would be safer in his deadbolted apartment in his security building than in the trunk of his car. No problem, was all I said. He tacked to his left, toward a hole between stores, an aisle that I hoped might lead to the parking lot, but which only took us to the central atrium. How do you know where you're going? I asked. It's a mall. If you know one, you know them all. Replace Macy's with Nordstrom's and they're all the same. Disney, Gap, Limited, Eddie Bowers, and a food court. San Fernando Valley yuppies buy their bootcut jeans from the same western wear chain you do. You'd know where you were going if they'd had malls in Reno when you were a kid. Well, there's still two local western wear stores. I still buy from them. He glanced at me, amused, and kept moving through the crowd. He was right, though. They didn't have malls in Reno when I was a kid, or at least not big enclosed ones like this. Malls with chain stores were another one of the changes I didn't like much. As we excused ourselves through the line waiting for a cottony Santa, I spotted the runaway elf. I resisted the urge to smack him with my packages, but only because I saw the exit sign. The sun sets early in late December, and the sky had turned black in the short while we had been inside. So I didn't spot the two teenagers again until we were well out of the mall and hurrying across the parking lot toward Chris's Volvo. And I didn't spot the gun until it was pointed at Chris's chest. The kid said, The small package. The gun looked like a nine millimeter, something that needed two shaky hands to hold it up. The teenager's lips were trembling, too, and his wide, dark eyes appeared on the edge of tears. The one in your, your pocket, and your wallet. The kid with the quivering gun was the taller of the two. His short partner was standing off to the side, nervously watching for anyone who might interfere. Both were dark-haired and olive-skinned, dressed in army surplus jackets over plaid shirts and jeans. They could have been brothers. Curtis sighed. 
Oh, hell. Seventeen years in Los Angeles without a mugging. Now this. Just give him what he wants. I'm, I'm sorry. I saw them earlier and I should have known something was wrong. Hurry up, the anxious watcher called. He twitched for a second, then slipped between two diagonally parked cars and ran up the next aisle toward the street. I turned to see who was coming. Two heavy-set men in cowboy hats and down jackets were heading in our direction, loaded down with packages. I think Curtis might have turned, too. Something must have freaked the kid. Or maybe his trigger finger had just an uncontrollable spasm. I don't know. I didn't see the shot. But I heard it, and I dropped to my knees and slipped my gun out of my boot without thinking. When I was hit by a falling package and realized that Curtis had crumpled to the ground beside me, I aimed and fired without thinking. By the time the two men reached us, I was holding on to Curtis and sobbing, trying to stop his chest from bleeding. And the teenage boy with the gun wasn't...